Turn with me, please, in the scriptures, verses we've looked at previously, John chapter 3 and verse 5. John 3, 5, Jesus answered, he said, verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now here Jesus made a very definite distinction between flesh and spirit. And uh, we've been going over some of this in this series for a few weeks now, on Fridays. And uh, God's will and plan under the New Testament is that all of us have the Spirit living inside of us and be filled and be being filled with the Holy Spirit and not just live a life limited to the flesh. Now under the Old Covenant, they didn't have this opportunity. Most people, if they were believers in Jehovah God, if they endeavored to keep the law, it was completely a physical thing. And a few people experienced the anointing coming on them to be a deliverer or to be a king or to be a prophet or a judge. But it was coming on them for service. They didn't have the spirit living in them. Nobody was born again until after Jesus came and went to the cross and was resurrected. But now we got a new covenant. We got a better covenant. And one of the big things that makes it better is the fulfillment of the prophecy that said in that day they won't say to every man, know the Lord, for they'll all know me from the least to the greatest. Hallelujah. And it won't be just a matter about reading something that was written in stone. He said, I'll write it on their hearts. Oh, glory to God. We got the author of the book living inside. This is not supposed to be a dead, ritualistic, flesh thing. It's a living spirit thing. And we need to be real clear that there's flesh and there's spirit. And they are not the same. Look with me in the fourth chapter. Chapter 4 and verse 20. John 4:20. The woman at the well said, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she's thinking we need to get this big issue about the correct geographic place to worship settled, which is all external. Where? And you see people throughout their life searching for the perfect place to live. And what they don't realize is when they leave where they were and go where they're going, when they get there, they're there. And so whatever was in them, the other place, they brought with them. <laughs> there is no such thing as a magic place. 
where all your troubles are gone. And you're amazing. And everything's amazing. (laughs) There is a place. It's called the will of God. It's not a geographic place. I mean, that's involved, but it's doing what he told you to do. In the will of God is where you're graced to be. Doesn't mean you'll never have any challenges, but in the will of God, you're graced to overcome all of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Out of the will of God, it's another story. Going to be tough sledding. (laughs) Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say, you Jews say, that in Jerusalem is where men ought to worship. Verse 21, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. The hour comes and now is, because he was just about to go to the cross, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. Verse 24, God is what? The Father is not flesh. The Holy Spirit is not flesh. Jesus has a flesh and bone body now since the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But the body he has now can travel distances through galaxies, can go through walls, and can still be a part of a fish fry. Sound good? Your body very soon is going to be changed just like his. Scripture tells us our body is going to be changed like unto his glorious body. It's part of what was paid for in redemption. We don't know how excited we ought to be about that. (laughs) Glory to God. But the Father is not seeking us. To spin wheels and count beads and quote, you know, vain repetitions of prayers and things we've memorized. Because if you're just doing stuff in the flesh, he didn't want that. That's why Jesus came. To get everybody out of the flesh. To get away from that. And yet you got millions and billions of people. That are worshiping, praying to rocks, praying to the stars, believing in false gods. And you got believers that are doing things, vain repetitions. It's what they were taught. It's what they grew up with. But the Father is not wanting to see that you quoted the exact prayer the right way a hundred times. Or that you held your hands in the right way. Are you at the right place in the right city, at the right church, at the right altar. He's looking at your heart. He's a spirit. You're a spirit. All things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. 
Before we say a word, he knows, he sees it when it's coming. He knows it. And so what he wants is no junk. No phony. No pretend. No ritual that's not real to us. He is seeking those that would worship him how? Come on, help me out. How? In spirit, that's different from flesh. And in truth, that's different from anything phony. Nothing phony and not just flesh. We got flesh, but we don't want to just do stuff in the flesh. Go with me to the 6th chapter, please. 6 and 63. 663. Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickens. And this is one of the first things we emphasized that the master showed us. Jesus showed us how to identify what is spirit versus what is flesh. The spirit does what? Quickens. Everybody said out loud. The spirit quickens. He went on to contrast. The flesh profits nothing. Our flesh Thank God for it. I know you're not happy with all the aspects of it. I'm not either. But it's a temporary situation. Right? But our flesh is not born again. When we got born again, our flesh wasn't changed. The nature of it wasn't changed. Really, no aspect of it was changed. It's just like Joe Sinner's body. That doesn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> and it's getting older. Hmm? The outer man is perishing. The scripture says it's just like a flower. It blooms. It looks great. For a little while. <laughs> and then same thing that happens to a flower is happening to us. I know you thought you were going to stay 22 the rest of your life, but, but you're, nobody has. Nobody is. No need to accelerate it. But, but you ain't going to be 20 forever. <laughs> but that's okay. Because this body's going to be fixed. But the spirit, the inward man, is renewed. Day by day, we are not aging in the sense of getting older or decaying or wearing out inside. In fact, we will never age inside. We should develop, we should get stronger, we should mature, but we're not wearing out inside. And your mind is part of your inner man. People accept a lot of limitations foolishly your brain is getting older but that's not your mind your brain is the physical organ your mind operates through but you're, there's no capacity to what you can learn and what you can understand and your mind is not going bad You need to say this out loud. Have you read Deuteronomy 28? 
Being distracted and crazed in the wits and problems with the mind is part of the curse of the law. And Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law because he was made a curse for us, Galatians 3.13. So said out loud, I'm redeemed from mind problems. I will never lose my mind and I won't receive or yield to a spirit of fear. Now, mind problems and fear go hand in hand. The more you yield to fear, the more mind problems you're going to have. Remember the scripture? God didn't give us. Come on. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but what? But of power and love and a sound mind. If you won't yield to fear, your mind will stay sound. Hallelujah. If you need to at times speak right out loud and say, fear, I resist you. If stuff is trying to bug you, start trying to oppress you or pressure you or bother you, just speak right out loud and say, fear, get out of here. Go ahead and practice it. Fear, get out of here. Fear, I resist you. That's how your mind will stay sound. The peace of God that passes understanding will keep your heart and your mind, the scripture says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're supposed to get sharper in mind, better brain and mind, not the same thing. But he said the spirit quickens, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit And they are life. Oh, the precious words of God. We need the living word of God coming into our life on a regular basis. More than we need food to sustain our bodies. And just like you don't understand what food does for you physically, we don't know what his words do for us spiritually. You eat a piece of bread, a potato, a piece of steak, you chew it up, you go yum, you swallow it, you don't know what happens then. There are all kind of things going on inside your body with your digestive system with your blood, with your heart, with your liver and your kidneys, and I mean all kind of stuff, and you're getting, I mean, scientists and doctors don't know the half of what's going on. They've learned a few things, but they still don't know what all's going on. But it gives life to your body. Your body makes cells out of it, and you have strength. And Well, the Word of God is that way. It comes into you. And you may not know a fraction of what it meant with your head. It came into your ears and you thought, mmm, yum. <laughs> and you, you, your mind might not have understood a fraction of, well, let me, your mind didn't understand a fraction of what is in the Word of God. But it went into you. And it starts doing things in your spirit. Oh, Hallelujah. 
His words are life. His words are health and medicine to those that find them. Hallelujah. He said, my words are spirit. Well, natural feeds natural. Flesh feeds flesh. Spirit feeds spirit. That's why not every kind of preaching and teaching will feed your spirit. If it's just people's thoughts and opinions and ideas, if it's social reform, if it's politics, come on, are you listening? It might be curious to your mind. You might think, well, I heard an interesting sermon, but that don't mean it fed your spirit at all. That's why Timothy talked about being nourished up in the words of faith. Now, that doesn't mean that every sermon is about faith, but if it's from God, it's going to be from faith. It's going to be in faith. It's going to feed you faith, and it's going to take you from faith to faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord's helping us tonight. One of the reasons we encourage you, read your chapter. Everybody knows. Is that right? Everybody knows. Around all these parts. Parts beyond. That everybody. Oh, y'all not helping me enough. You're not helping me enough. Everybody in Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. All right. Okay. I feel better now. Now, if that's news to you, and we're not your church, I understand. But uh, if you're not getting fed regularly on the Word of God, you need to be doing something. You can join us easily. You can pick up a, what is a bookmark back there on the uh, information area, and we're all reading the same chapter every day. How many understand, not only is that feeding you regular, but also we're all thinking the same thoughts as a church on a regular basis, literally has us on the same page. And so now we're, we're finishing reading the Old Testament, and then soon we'll be back on the New Testament. We'll read it through, you know, two or three times. And then how many think you ought to read the whole Word of God? It's all the Word of God. We do put extra emphasis on the New Testament, but we, uh, we read the whole thing. And there's a lot of Christians never read the Bible. Lots of folks. And it's a big mistake. Big mistake. Because God's thoughts are in these words. And there are myriad of situations in life where you won't know how to think or what to do. And the Spirit of God will bring Scripture to you. And you'll know. You'll just know what's right and wrong. But if you don't know it, how can He bring something to your remembrance that you never knew? Can you see that? So anyway... Jesus said, it's the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing, the words I speak to you, their spirit and their life. Go to 1 Corinthians 14, please. Now what we've seen is identifying what's spirit and what's flesh. We've seen that the spirit quickens and the flesh is dead. That's why I was talking about our, our flesh a few moments ago. The flesh is dying. I know that don't sound good, but it's born, it blooms, 
it fades. But be of good cheer. <laughs> Jesus is going to fix it all. Is that right? When the trumpet sounds, we're going to be raised. We're going to be changed. Or if we're still here, we're going to be changed. And this corruptible is going to become immortal and incorruptible. Now, you don't know what that means. Immortal, immortal, won't die, can't die, can never die again. Incorruptible, can't decay. No wrinkles, no weakness, no deficiencies, none. No bad, weak, anything. Energy, unlimited. We ain't never had that. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Oh, hallelujah. But right now, the flesh is not the source of life. It's the house we live in. But if you just do things just aware of this and just through this, it's dead. But inside, you're alive. And the spirit of life is in you. And when we do things at his direction and at his leading, there's life in it. There's quickening in it. So if it's quickening and life, it's the spirit of life. If it's dead and dull, it's the flesh. Secondly, we saw where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The spirit of God, when he is manifesting and working, it doesn't bring bondage, it brings liberty. It brings freedom. And most recently we saw that we're told in Colossians to let the peace of God, the Amplified says, settle with finality all questions that arise in your heart. If we're going to do things in the Spirit, that you can't separate that from following the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. We're alive in the Spirit. The Scripture said that we should also walk. In the spirit. That means following him. Well how do you follow the spirit? He's in you. It's not as hard as people think. But if you're following him. You're following life. If you're following him. You're following liberty and freedom. If you're following him. You're following peace. Thank you Lord. So the spirit of God. Is the spirit of life. He's the spirit that brings liberty. He's the spirit of peace. And fourthly, tonight, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. How many are believing? To get better at following him. Do less and less stuff just in the flesh. And do things in the spirit. Doesn't mean you're caught up in a trance. It just means you're not just aware of flesh only. And you're not just stuck in this physical realm. And that's all you're aware of. We're not quite ready for this. Go to Romans. The 8th chapter. Romans 8. And verse 5. The scripture says. They that are after the flesh. They what? Mind the things of the flesh. Now your mind. Is the part of your being. In which you are aware. 
they that are after the flesh, you can say it like this, they are aware in their mind of what? Flesh. What makes you fleshy? You mind the flesh. Another way of saying that, you're only aware of how you feel, what you see, what you hear in this physical realm. That's all you're aware of, which is much of the population of the planet. They just live a flesh life only. But they that are after the Spirit. Am I talking about some of you? How about the rest of you? People say, what about us on the internet? Yeah, what about you? Huh? You. All over the country. Other countries. They that are after the Spirit, they're what? They mind are aware of the things of the Spirit. So whatever we can do for our spirit to be more active, we're going to be more aware of our spirit. One of the key ways to become more aware of something is to exercise it. One of the key ways to be more aware of something. Have you ever done calf raises? So it's a weightlifting exercise. You get on something that your heels will go down lower than the rest of your foot and put some weight on your shoulders or whatever and you go down. Then you come back up. Well, seems great. (laughs) That day. But if you hadn't been doing that, (laughs) I know my... uh, my dad and I and a couple other guys, this is decades ago, we were doing some weight stuff and we, somebody told us about these curl sets where you, you did one and you counted and you did two and then you did three and then you did, you know, ten. And so we're going to see how many we could do it. And we got up there pretty good. And the next day, we couldn't comb our hair. <laughs> eating was an issue, you know. Well, what were we? We were acutely aware. Is that right? I was aware where my bicep attached on the bottom. I was aware where it attached on the top. I was aware of the inner fibers. Why? Come on, help me out. I had exercised it. Well, if all you're doing is exercising stuff in the flesh, what are you going to be aware of? Flesh. But you're not just flesh. You're not just a mind. A key spirit exercise is praying in the spirit. Or praising, worshiping in the spirit, in other tongues, and in the spirit. Hallelujah. And the more you do that, the more aware of spirit you're going to be. And there's somebody else inside your spirit. And if you're aware of your spirit, you're going to be aware of the one Who's in your spirit? Read it again, verse 5. They that are after the flesh, what makes them fleshy? Only in their mind, what are they thinking about? What are they aware of? Just flesh. But they that are after the spirit, what makes a spiritual person spiritual? What makes a spiritual person spiritual? 
their awareness, where their mind is. And see, our mind can be focused whichever direction we choose. I can focus my mind out here, or I can focus my mind in here, inside. I've done it many times. I could kneel down here and start praying, or I wouldn't have to. I could just start praising God, and in a matter of of minutes, I could be not aware of you at all. Well, who am I aware of? There's been numerous times. I've been preaching and just only become aware of him. Hallelujah. Or praying or worshiping with him. And this is not just for preachers. This is for everybody. You can become more aware if you'll focus your mind inside where he is. Instead of just out here. Verse 6. To be carnally minded is what? Well, what did Jesus say? The spirit quickens, makes alive. But in the flesh, that's why people get so discouraged. That's why they get so bored. That's why they get so disillusioned and so weary. Because flesh is flesh. It doesn't have the answers. And it's just that's why people become uh, alcoholics and, and drug addicts and shopping addicts and every other kind of thing looking for some kind of stimulation, looking for something, for some excitement that will break me out of this. But not all of that stuff is still flesh. It's still just natural stuff. Oh, but the Bible said don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit Speaking. Speaking. Somebody say speaking. Speaking Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks. Oh, somebody say glory to God. How you get drunk? By drinking. How you get full of the Spirit? Speaking. Be filled, speaking. They were all filled and they spoke with other tongues. Being filled is inseparable from speaking. They go together. And you can initiate a greater filling by speaking. Speaking by faith. And you're exercising your spirit and whatever you exercise, you're going to become more aware of. That's going to make you more spiritual. And the more aware of him you are, then when he speaks something to you, or he prompts you, or influences you, or leads you, you're more aware of it. And if you follow that and do that, then you're doing things in the spirit. Not just in the flesh. And when you do things by the direction of the spirit, slash in the spirit, it's going to be good. It's going to work. Good fruit, good results. Life in it. Peace in it. Thank you, Lord. Liberty in it. Praise God. Now go to 1 Corinthians 14. Thanks be to God. To follow Him is to follow life 
is to follow liberty, freedom, is to follow peace. And also, to follow him is to follow love. He's the spirit of peace. He's the spirit of life. He's the spirit of freedom. And he's the spirit of love. God is love. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, are you there? What does it say? What does it say? Follow after charity. That's the word for love. Follow after love and desire what? Not flesh. Spirit. Well, actually the word gifts is added by the translators. So it's spirituals. Literally. Or we could say things of and pertaining to the the spirit. The things of the spirit. Rather that you may prophesy, which is one of the things of the spirit. Now prophecy is not foretelling. And prophesying doesn't make you a prophet. If that sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. A lot, of, a lot of ignorance about these things. 1 Corinthians 12 starts off with saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, why would the Lord say that? Because there's going to be gross ignorance. <laughs> Are people ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit? Oh, wow. And I'm not claiming we know it all, but thank God for what light we have. Follow after love and desire spirituals, but rather that you may prophesy. And then he talks about speaking in other tongues. Keep going. I just want to touch on each one. I, if I start trying to elaborate on every verse, we'll be here a long time. He talks about speaking in tongues and interpretation and prophesying. Prophesying is just speaking in your known tongue by inspiration. It's not out of your mind. It's not from memory. It's not prepared. It's out of your heart, out of your spirit. Speaking in tongues is just like prophecy, just like it, except it's not in a tongue you know. But if there's an interpretation, then you got the same effect as prophecy. Verse 4 talks about how it builds up or edifies yourself, and prophecy edifies the church. They're the same flow. Keep going. He, he said, I would that you all spoke with tongues, and rather that you prophesied. And if you read this whole chapter carefully, you realize that all believers can and should speak with tongues and can and should prophesy. Amen. Amen. Now, I know a lot of folks don't believe that, but it's the truth. But part of it's this misunderstanding. Simple prophecy has nothing to do with predicting the future. Has nothing to do with foretelling. He talks about it. Keep going. Verse... Uh, well, actually, go back to verse 3. He that prophesies speaks to men to what? That's building up. Exhortation, that'd be like encouragement and comfort. Now, neither one of those is predicting the future. But this is prophecy. We might call this simple prophecy. Now, a prophet also prophesies. But they would have other things in the prophecy. Like, if it's something about the future, that's a word of wisdom. Revelation that nobody would know, that's a word of knowledge about the present. 
But the future is word of wisdom. It could be of the other gifts. It's kind of like coffee, but you say, well, it's both prophecy. Well, yeah, you got coffee, just plain black coffee. And you got coffee that's got cream and sugar in it. Right? But we call both of them coffee. <laughs> well, you got prophecy, which is just plain prophecy. And what does it do? It's inspired utterance. It encourages people. It builds folks up. It comforts people. But it doesn't have the other stuff in it. But then the prophet may prophesy. It may be something for the nation. It may talk about the plan of God. It may talk about future. So it's prophecy, but it's got something else in there. Is that right? It's got word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Could be discerning spirits. Could be some other things. Not everybody's a prophet. And yet every believer can prophesy. In fact, Revelation, I'm not going to take time to teach on all this, but Revelation talks about that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And some people that would say, I, and I don't prophesy. Are you kidding? No, I'm not into all that crazy stuff. And yet you'd say, could you testify about what Jesus has done for you? Oh yeah, I can do that. They don't realize that if they start telling about what Jesus has done for them and it begins to flow out of their heart fresh, not something you wrote or memorized, but it comes out of your heart and there's an anointing on it, you're prophesying. <laughs> Not predicting the future. Don't make you a prophet. And this is something that should be in every believer's life. And it's not. It would be a small, small percentage of the body of Christ. That speaks in tongues. Or inspired utterance. And we can't control all that. But we don't have to be ashamed of the truth. And we can walk in it ourselves. And if people see the fruit of it, they'll want it too. Some will. And the ones that don't, well, bless their heart, out of this life, they'll go, oh, I could have been doing that. We say, hey, we told you. <laughs> but they'll still be saved. He that prophesies speaks to men edification, exhortation, and comfort. Skip on down to the, uh, I believe it's the uh, 14th verse. It says, if I pray in a tongue, my, my what? See, this is one of the great advantages of speaking in tongues. Our mind is not impeding. This is a direct connection of your spirit to your mouth. Enabling you to pray about things your head does not know. Things your head would never know to pray about. Or say. And it's not just prayer. You can praise God in tongues. You can thank God in tongues. You can worship God in tongues. It's not just prayer. But he said, uh, my spirit prays. Somebody say, my spirit prays. My spirit. My spirit prays. We've already talked about what exercising something does for you. It makes you more aware. But my understanding is What? You can be praying away in tongues, praying away in tongues. Your spirit's active and your head's going, huh? What are we doing? That's right. <laughs> just say hush, it's good. Right. Just, just relax. That's right. Good things are going on. <laughs> Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray. Now this shows you that it's not just spirit initiated. Or you couldn't say I'll do it. 
you'll say, when the Spirit does it. No, I. Everybody say I. I. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. Could you step out right now and say, I'm going to kneel down, I'm going to pray with my understanding. Could you do that? He says, I can do it with my spirit too. Talking about speaking in tongues. And praying in the spirit. I had a, a Pentecostal lady one time accost me about this and said, are you saying that you can pray in tongues any time you want to? And I made the mistake of saying, yeah. And so why was that a mistake? I shouldn't have made it a me versus her thing. I should have took her to the word. I said, no, I didn't say that. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says that. And she shook her head. She said, mm, no, 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 no. You cannot just turn the Holy Ghost off and on when you want to. And it just popped up out of my spirit. I said, right, he's always on. <laughs> he's always on. Is he? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always on. And so at any time you will step out and yield to him, he'll give you utterance. He's always there. He's always on. You don't even have to warm him up. You don't have to make an appointment. <laughs> That's why you can say, I will pray with the understanding. I'll do the same thing in the spirit. And I will sing. With the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Somebody said out loud, I will, I will pray with the Spirit. Pray with the Spirit. And, I will and I will pray with the understanding also. I pray both ways and I do it when I will. Now, a lot of these manifestations of the Spirit that he just got through talking about in the 12th chapter. They're not as I will. They're as the Spirit wills. But this, I can initiate. What else can I do? I can sing. Uh-huh. Or as we sit down here, sing. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody say, I can sing. I can sing. Oh, no. You didn't say it strong <laughs> enough. I, come on. So tell your neighbor. They may not know. Say, I can sing. I can sing. I said, no, I can't. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Everybody can sing. Not everybody should record. (laughs) But everybody. Somebody say everybody. Everybody. Everybody can sing and everybody needs to sing. We need to sing. We need to sing more and we need to laugh more. Hallelujah. We need to become converted and become like little children. We need to regain what we grew out of. Because growing out of it was becoming worldly. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Little kids... Before they're taught differently. If music plays. They dance. Is that right? They don't think about it. They don't care how they look. Is that right? If the music plays. 
Come on, anybody got kids around here? Do, am, I, am I telling the truth? If the music plays, they dance. Little ones that can barely walk. Is that right? Right? I mean, they move. And they are not thinking, I can't dance. Never cross their mind, I can't dance. You know what else they do? They sing. They'll sing loud. Is that right? You have to tell them, no, no, we're in the restaurant. No, no. <laughs> we're not doing that right now. They'll sing. It doesn't cross their mind. Uh, are they in on key? Are they in key? No. It's time to sing. So we sing. Come on, say that loud again. I, I can sing. You can dance too. Somebody say, I can dance. I can sing. What else do they do that the Spirit of God just said? Laugh. Oh, we need to laugh. I said, we need to laugh. Many people, by the time they're an adult, especially by the time they're middle-aged, they don't laugh. They go weeks and not laugh. This is bad for you. This is bad for you. We need, there's so many things that happen, just like when the Word of God comes into us, like food comes into you, you don't know all that's going on. When you laugh, it's the same way. A merry heart does good. Just like taking a medicine, rejoicing and laughing does things to your body. It does things to your immune system. It does things to your blood. It does things to your glands. And when you most need to laugh is when you least feel like laughing. That's right. And when you most need to laugh and rejoice is when you least want to do it in the flesh. If you wait for your flesh to want to dance and sing and laugh, your flesh will go. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe uh, your flesh off flesh is just flesh. If you yield to the flesh, it will be lazy. It will just put everything off forever. Procrastinates. Flesh. You got flesh. Come on, I'm not saying anything that you don't know anything about. You have flesh. And you know how your flesh is. That's why spiritual people don't wait till they feel like laughing. They laugh, even as Job says, at destruction and at famine. They laugh. Well, you don't feel like laughing when things are being destroyed around you. You don't feel like laughing when everybody's hungry and starving. But faith shouts while the walls are still up. Faith dances when everybody else won't move. Faith sings when everybody else is crying and feeling sorry for themselves. Faith, instead of being focused out here in the flesh and how I feel, faith is aware of the inside and the Spirit of God says, you're free. Celebrate. <laughs> and, and your outside goes, no, you're not. And inside says, yes, you are. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, you are. And you got to decide which one you're going to believe. Am I going to go with the flesh, which is dead, or am I going to go with the spirit, which will quicken me? Ha, ha, ha. 
Ha! 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 There are times you need to do that just by faith. You don't feel like it, but you need to do it. Need to do it. Ha! 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 Now you won't do that too many times until the devil will come and say, What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you laughing about? And you can say, Laughing at you? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. You thought you had me defeated. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Just like you thought you had really done something when Jesus was crucified. But ha, ha, ha. You didn't know. You didn't know. You walked right into that one, didn't you? Ha, ha, ha. You don't know everything, do you, bad boy? Ha, ha, ha. I believe the Spirit of God is saying, we need to sing. We need to dance. We need to laugh. Why? It's completely contrary to what the flesh wants to do. Is that right? It's completely contrary to what things may look and feel like around you. But that's what faith's all about. We walk by faith. Not by sight. Not by what we see. Not by what we feel. How about your bills? Ha! 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 Instead of, oh my Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we, where are we going to get? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, Joe Sinner does that. That's a flesh response to a flesh problem. You're going to get flesh results. Fears can come on you. It can happen. You can lose everything. But don't have to. I said we don't have to. We can laugh. We can rejoice. Man, it's strong faith. It's strong faith. Strong faith. When you feel like crying, but you laugh instead. That's strong faith. When you feel like laying down and pulling the blinds, but you get up and dance, you ain't normal. And that's a good thing. (laughs) You don't want to be normal like flesh, normal like the rest of the ungodly world. You want to be different. Different. Laughing. And singing. And dancing. Sounds like a party. Young's literal translation in verse 15. Look at this. Young's literal translation, verse 15. He said, what then is it? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray also with the understanding. And this is a very accurate translation. I will sing psalms with the Spirit. And I will sing psalms also with the understanding. Which is what we saw some weeks ago. About our text. Be being filled. With the spirit. Speaking to yourselves. What was the first thing he said? In Psalms. Somebody said, What's a psalm? You know what a psalm is. You got a book with 150 in them. Right? What's a psalm? A psalm. Is prophecy. It's inspired utterance. In a known tongue. These 150 psalms. That we have in the book of psalms. It's actually what five books but we lump it all together and call it the book of Psalms these are not just 
a song that somebody sat down and wrote. This came out of the spirit of the individual. A bunch of them came out of David. Others, Asaph and others who were music and worship leaders and, and musicians. But out of uh, times of trial, times of exaltation, times of victory, all kind of different situations you'll see in these psalms. But as they poured their heart out to God, the Spirit of God enabled them. Hallelujah. To not just say something naturally, but to say something, and this was, you know, they didn't have the Spirit of God living in them, but by the prophet's anointing that came on them. Gave them utterance. Well, we got the same spirit. And we're told. In fact, just go there and look at it. In Ephesians. I quoted it, but let your eyes rest on it. Ephesians 5, verse 18. 518 says, Be not drunk with wine. Wherein is success. Why would he bring that up here? When they were filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, what did the people say? When they came down, what did they say? They're drunk. Why would they say that? Not just because they were speaking in other languages. If they came out all orderly, speaking in different languages, they're not going to look at them and go, bunch of drunks. No, they're just speaking in languages you don't understand. There was something else. There was something else. Wonder if there was any dancing. Wonder if there was any laughing. Wonder if there was any singing. Is that something people that get drunk tend to do? Huh? People that get drunk, they tend to laugh. They laugh too much. They laugh too loud. And folks that would never dare get on the dance floor. Get drunk enough, look out. Move the furniture. Is that right? And people that wouldn't dare get up in front of anybody and sing sober. Get them full of some stuff or some alcohol or whatever and turn on the karaoke machine. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Sing all night. Something happened as they imbibed those spirits inhibitions fail well when you receive of the Holy Spirit that's what he's talking about don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit come on somebody say fill with the Spirit fill with the Spirit fill with the Spirit there's not even a period there be filled with the Spirit what? speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. Where? Where? So this is not just in the flesh. This is not just in the flesh. In your heart, to the Lord, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody stand up. Oh, praise God. I believe the Spirit of God told us something. What did he say? He specifically said we need to laugh more and we need to sing more. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, are we going to take heed to that or are we just going to ignore that? 
We need to hear more laughing in the foyer. More laughing in the parking lot. Is that right? More laughing. Coming in and going out. Hallelujah. What else do we need to hear? We need to hear singing at your house. Oh, I didn't lose somebody. We're not trying to, you know, infringe on, on anything. The Spirit of God said something, I believe. Right? He said we need to. We need to laugh more. And we need to sing more. Might as well start right now. Might as well start right now. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Make up your mind. I'm not going to go all day and not laugh. Make up your mind. And the Spirit of God will bring it to your remembrance. And you'll realize, I've been a long time and haven't laughed. So what do you do? Somebody say, about what? You don't need anything. Just, just laugh. Just laugh. And rejoice. Hallelujah. Reckon there's laughing in heaven. Reckon there's rejoicing in heaven. Reckon there's singing in heaven. Dancing in heaven. Well, he said, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.